Welcome to Larry Rainey's America. Uh, today, uh, we have a return guest, Stephen Harmeyer, who has a very popular 812, which is on Facebook. Uh, his website is great, great feel-good stories, great stories, period. And the uh, website is 812 now, and I encourage everybody to listen to it. But uh, Anyway, welcome back, Steve. Larry, thanks for having me back. Okay. I enjoy your podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, Steve's going to talk about some interesting stories and people that he's met through his career, uh, which started with WRBI, and it keeps progressing. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Steve, and what, let's start with your experience with WRBI when you started, and some of the interesting stories you either covered or were there listening to them. Hmm. Well, thanks again for having me. And, and so I know you do beer reviews, right? Yes. But I need to be invited to a beer review. First off, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> we have some good ones. <laughs> yes, you do. But unfortunately, I have some crazies on the reviews that really like to talk and like to drink. And, That's what it's uh, all about. And uh, we got one coming up Monday which is funny, another return guest, Eric Hepner, who was... Good guy. Yeah, yeah, teacher and uh, charge of Oktoberfest this past year. And Eric's a talker. And Steve Ollier, who used to be a teacher, him and Eric have this uh, application for on their iPhones where uh, Steve records every beer that he's tasted. Oh, my uh, I, my mother and her husband did do that, yep. Well, Steve's over 5,500, and Eric's over 5,000. So it's going to be interesting if, because uh, we all like to talk and drink, but Eric really likes to talk. <laughs> so yes, he does. It's going to be an interesting, he'll be interesting. So we're going to have five on, and... Uh, I told Steve all year, I said, you and Eric are going to share the microphone. He said, there probably won't be much sharing there. <laughs> so, anyway, go ahead. Let's yeah. start with WRBI. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, so uh, WRBI started when I was 16 years old. It uh, started at Casper Dead, who used to work there, um, came to Batesville High School for a career day. I was so excited about potentially working at WRBI uh, when I was 16. So I went that day after that career day, same day I went to WRBI and applied, and got called back six months later. <laughs> and so I, I worked part-time for WRBI for years. Obviously, I went to college, um, yeah, worked at Hillrom at one point. Really where the whole journalism career really gets going from a full-time standpoint is when Mary Mattingly left WRBI in 2014. And then I became the full-time news director um, and loved it. Now, that was kind of the height of the heroin epidemic. I remember covering quite a bit of that. And um, it was a wonderful experience. I I never ever wanted to leave WRBI, and but I've always really been, and this may kind of lead into why the 812 is the way it is. Um, I've always, I was very, I think early on, the, saw the importance of digital journalism, and that's where the audience is. They're going to your website. So I mandated myself every night to at least write whatever, how many stories appear on WRBI's homepage, that that homepage would look totally different the next morning. 
I mean, so it was, I think, seven to ten news stories I wrote every night. And when you're young, I guess when you're younger doing this, just like any other career, um, it can be more challenging as you get older. It's a lot more simple now, and now I have much more in a groove of what I'm doing. Um, so WRBI was awesome. Uh, the WRBI is an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, so there's a few perks that come with that. And, for example, you know, you go to the ballpark or whatever. Well, one year I went to Reds Fest. I took my uncle Rob Hermeyer to Reds Fest and lost him in the sea of red shirts. I couldn't find Rob. Well, there was a guy signing autographs, and that was uh, Jim Scott, radio icon from Cincinnati, 700 WLW. And I walked up to Jim Scott and said, hey, my name's Steven. I'm from Batesville, Indiana. And handed him a business card, and he says, you want to work in a bigger market? <laughs> well, yeah. Scott has to be a great guy. Yeah. I, I've never yeah. met him, but he's been around forever. Yeah, no, yeah. he yeah, he is. And so it was, I'm telling you, a couple days later, I was on the phone with the news director from WLW, and and I think, I may be mistaken, but I think I was the first person hired in the newsroom at WLW like in 10 years. And really, it was like a fish out of, so I, once again, never wanted to leave WRBI, but that was, yes, I mean, you're from the Cincinnati area. That's yeah. a huge freaking deal to work at WLW. And, um, so at WLW, I was the street reporter. So I joined there January 2015. And um, so my job, essentially, that's where we'll talk about some different news stories, is where a lot of those news stories come from. As a street reporter, I was assigned to whatever the biggest story in Cincinnati or the tri-state was that day on the scene. And um, so, yeah, you did, I didn't know what I was doing each day. Each day. I mean, uh, one story that sticks out to me when you were uh, Larry had to ask me last night to think about some of the bigger news stories was like Cincinnati police officer Sonny Kim was killed in the line Ooh, of duty. Terrible. Uh, it yeah. was a suicide by cop situation um, over in, um, the hell's that town called? I, I can't even, maybe Westwood, something like that. Um, anyways, so I was among one of the first reporters on the scene. I remember that day Cincinnati Mayor John Cranley was flying to San Francisco for a mayor's conference. He had to fly back and held a press conference like at 10 o'clock. It was a Friday night. It was a Friday for sure, like at, on Friday night. And so that was... I mean, that was obviously a pretty big deal um, to be there. Um, also, the presidential election was happening that year, so I was assigned to some presidential rallies. Trump, Ben Carson, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, um, Ted Cruz. I met Ted Cruz one time. And um, that, that was that's really exciting. I'm always Ted, infatuated yeah. by the presidential Ted, election. Ted Cruz is the smartest guy in Washington. Really? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a genius IQ. Yeah. No, he seemed great. I, yeah. I, I mean, I've... Yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about him, but um, yeah, that um, another big story I was, when I was at WLW was the um, UC officer shoots unarmed black man at on UC, on Cincinnati's campus, Ray Tensing and Samuel Debose. Yes, and I actually I'll tell you who I actually met because uh, that is probably the and I'll tell you what I, I don't want to get too political, but I can talk about protests. Um, and that's where I got my first glimpse at seeing how protests are organized and how they work, um, at least from my vantage point, and I could be wrong on certain things um but that really launched a lot of protests for the rest of the summer anytime there was a, an issue with an officer involved there was a protest and um but i'll tell you who I actually met was if you remember the name tamir rice from mm -hmm. cleveland i met tamir's mom uh, she was walking in one of the protests and whatnot i, I thought that was kind of neat that was such a big national story yeah um but uh yeah, that was interesting. And fun fact uh, for the audience is Ray Tensing now lives in southeast Indiana. I'm not going to oh, say really? where, but yeah, he actually lives right in this area. Well, you know, the thing about protests, it always seems to be money paying people from the outside 
to mm-hmm. come in and start it. Yeah, what I so what I saw with protests, and like I said, I'm just uh, this is my observation. The second them TV cameras go down and they're packing packing their stuff up in time to go home, then protests end. Yeah. And every protest is led by the police department. Don't ever be fooled. Um, one of my no, favorite stories. What do you sto- mean it's led by the police department? They're assisting with traffic. Oh, oh, tra- oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'll never forget one of my one of my. A memory of the protest would have been August of um, that same year. There was an officer-involved shooting in the community of Northside, Cincinnati. That would be Cincinnati State, right? You're kind of right in that area when you're going into downtown. Yeah. And what happened? I believe it was a rookie on her very first day, a Cincinnati police officer. On her first day, she was partnered with somebody else. They responded to a report of an armed man in, in an apartment. They went knocking on that apartment. The suspect was in the apartment behind them. Yeah, and he, he he opens that door, and out comes a shotgun. Well, they ended up shooting and killing him. Well, now we have to have protests over this. And it was hotter. It was a really hot day. I'll never forget. And so they were doing this protest, I think going to District 5 headquarters, which will be history here in a little bit, because since I just went down to four districts. Yeah. Um, but I'll never forget, it was real hot. They were yelling all those that, you know, pigs in a blanket, no justice, no peace, other stuff about kind of anti-law enforcement, right? Yeah. And I'll never forget an older woman that was walking in this protest ended up having some sort of heat related emergency when this is happening. And the tone changed from those anti-police things we were hearing. And all of a sudden I started hearing chants of police, police, we need help. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's a sad, sad situation. In fact, uh, district five is next to library at Price Hill. Mm -hmm. And on Warsaw Avenue. And I, I lived about um, maybe, I'd say, two and a half miles from there. And when I was in the fourth grade, I think it was the fourth grade, I always felt uh, I'd be better off reading adult books. So I would walk to the library on a Friday night, pick up three books, mainly mystery or sport books, but for adults, go home, put my dictionary next to me, and I'd read three books over the weekend. So, because mm. uh, I wasn't allowed in bars then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's uh, uh, the police station leaving that area is going to really create a void because when I was a kid, that part of Price Hill was fine. That's Thug City now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I know there's going to still be presence there, but the police station being right there and being readily dispatching officers to a scene, uh, that's going to be missed by by the residents. Oh, I'm sure of that. Yeah. yeah. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt No, 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 I, I, uh, no. You're more than fine. Uh, so I'm trying to think of some other bigger WLW stories that I was on the scene for. You can, I'll tell you one thing that I've, I found in, in news in probably a lot of other careers, you can become kind of cynical to it and very not affected by it. Definitely that way. I've been, I'm, I'm that way. Like when I told, when I tell people, so I also worked at channel five in Cincinnati till, uh, this past July and, uh, you know, I tell people, well, I just, you know, if you know the 812, you, you've heard me talk about, oh, I just love positive stories. That does not mean the negative stories bother me. They don't, yeah. you know, I, I, I do care locally right about people locally but you know it's you become very desensitized to it and probably societies like that overall 
Um, so, but anyways, you can kind of come, become cynical and you get a call every morning at WLW about what story you're covering or they're asking you to cover or whatever you, your idea was. And they said, why don't you go over to ba- Mason and cover the Western and Southern Open? I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> I got to go cover a, a tennis tournament. This, this is ridiculous. Not really. I, but I remember thinking like that, like, oh, this is the stupidest thing ever. Well, I, I had the chance to interview Serena Williams. Oh, like, okay. that's cooler than heck. Yeah. And that yeah. is the coolest sport, I think, tennis. Like, I mean, those are just global superstars. Like, you know, Joe Burrow's a big name in the United States. But, you know, these tennis players go from Australia to Singapore to China to yeah. wherever. So that's, if you if you do like tennis, that is, and you've not been to the Western Southern, I encourage it. That's, um from a media perspective, the access to the players is unheard of. I mean, mm. you'll just walk the hallways and pass Rafael Nadal like it's no big yeah. deal. Yeah. And um, so that, that um, I remember I interviewed Jackie Robinson's daughter. They did a, because, well, 2015 was the All-Star game in Cincinnati. And um, so um, th- that was neat. Um, the All-Star game was was pretty cool. I remember being at the Holy Grail during the Home Run Derby. I think I was covering fan reaction, which is my... So in TV terms, we call that MOS, Man on Street, mm-hmm. where you just get general sound uh, um, reaction from Joe Smith on the street. Yeah. And that's my most hated form of journalism. I hate that. I remember, like, one time when I was at WLW, something happened in regard to... Maybe it was, like, John Boehner was resigning or something. I And um, they asked me to get MOS... And I remember, like, and when you work in radio, it's not like TV where you show up with a big camera and everybody knows you're, you know, the television station. I'm this little white kid walking around with a recorder. And I remember, like, so what are your thoughts on John Boehner retiring? <laughs> Silence. Who I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, that's, so that's that. And then, uh, and channel. So when I was at Channel Five this past year, that um, which was an awesome experience, by far the best newsroom I've ever worked in. Um, either locally or or anywhere else, real professionals. I was in charge of my my job was um producing the news, so I wasn't as attached to the news stories. I, I overall essentially picked what stories were on TV, and I wrote the script that you would see Sheree Pellello or Mike Dardis read off. Um, but certainly not attached to a lot of news stories because you're sitting in a newsroom. Um, the big one, or probably from this past year, would be Damar Hamlin. Yeah. I was just a few weeks wow. in at WLWT when that when that went down. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, a really cool story um, that ties back locally. I remember when this Hamlin deal was going on that I thought I would leave uh, for work a little because I, I always lived in Batesville. I never moved to Cincinnati, and I thought I would leave um, a little little bit early to go to. UC hospital to see this, all these flowers that they have out. And anyway, so I'm, I go down there and I'm looking at this sign or something. And it said something like, get well, Demar Hamlin from the Napoleon, Indiana basement boys. I'm like, what? Who so are I, the basement boys? Yeah. You ever find out? Oh, I did find out. Oh, okay. And then they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and I hope they're listening. But, um, uh, that is a Mark Weird who actually has, uh, I don't know the, the, tr- the name of the Catholic Church over in Napoleon, but he's been the organist for 52 years. Oh, wow. But anyways, every Sunday they get together and watch Bengal games and drink beer. It's wonderful. So they invited me earlier this uh, last month. I went to one of their games. Um, yeah, just hung out with them. But yeah, they went down there and dropped a sign off. Well, that's great. I thought that was so you know unique. I didn't yeah. expect to see something so local. Well, you know what I find interesting? It's totally different today than it was when I was a lot younger. Whether it's the Reds or the Bengals, boy, are they community-oriented now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really, really are. And uh, it's, it's everybody's friendly, 
I mean, and I try to do things for the community. And I told you about my grandson, Teddy, shadowing the Fox News reporter. Hmm. Well, after the normal reporter interviewed Orlando Brown, Teddy Hmm. got to interview him. Oh, that's cool. For people who aren't football fans, he's a very high-paid offensive lineman for Hmm. Cincinnati and is an excellent player. And it was so neat because, I mean, you know, this is really a big guy and Teddy's not a big guy. <laughs> and him standing next to him and Orlando Brown said, hey, what's up, dog? <laughs> you know? And it was just a great interview. It was so, and this guy's so natural. In fact, he's on, uh, I think he's on once a week on Channel 12 talking about the Bengals in the morning. Uh, just, a, just a neat guy. But years ago... Uh, you, you, the, the community didn't have as much access to players as they do now, and I imagine the uh, I, I imagine the black Blackburn, you know, Paul Paul Brown's daughter uh, tells the players in a big contract, "You better give back to the city," or it's just a natural thing that they're just really community oriented. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're fine. I actually got a text here. I don't know when you're going to put this podcast out, but for football fans, this may be fun to learn. So it's not so much a Batesville thing, but keep in mind what I, what I do with 812. It's Southeast Indiana. So Lawrenceburg has a senior named Ashton Craig plays for Notre Dame. So his mom texted me the other night. So he's starting Saturday against Wake for, it'll be his very first career start. And he's leading the team out tomorrow. He'll be the first Irish player that's, you see that's great yeah hey, that's kind of cool right oh wow, absolutely so, yeah it's a neat neat story yeah so any anyway back back to him when uh, or, uh, when when you saw the flowers were you talking to any people at that scene or no just, no i wasn't um i would have that would be exactly what i would have done for 700 wlw but no i was just there kind of on a personal level just okay. just to see what okay what the what it was but um yeah i remember seeing like espn cameras out there and all that i mean that would have been just days after that happened mm-hmm. um yeah do you remember watching that game oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i'll tell you i actually turned it off a little early last night i i, I couldn't take it same here i did too yeah and I, I that's not my normal thing but uh and i i think it's wonderful when you've got a backup that can go in and he's no, and that's what he's paid for, know all the plays and everything. But it's still not Joe Burrow. And um, when you're missing Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson still playing hurt and and their number two receiver, it's it's tough to play a team like the Ravens. So yeah. it's it's hard it's hard for me to watch. Yep, same here. So anyway, okay, let's let's go on from there. Sure. Um, so I know I was kind of bouncing around, but uh, and if you if you want me to think of more of some bigger stories I've covered, I'm more than happy to. But probably the biggest difference in between radio journalism, once again, my experiences, it could be different at a different radio station, but I'm, I'm talking Cincinnati, between WLW and WLWT, they are not affiliated with each right. other at all. Right. Um, they just happen to have the same call letters. Uh, 700 would never send me out in the middle of the night to like just a sounds terrible but a typical gang related shooting yeah never ever ever um because i i think i don't think that the stories 
perform well on radio, right? Um, but what they would send me to, which at 700, I was on call 24 seven every day. There was wow. no break. Um, but, it, but they were, but the team was pretty good about not always needing the street reporter there. I mean, my weekends were, I was pretty free, but you know, ne- you never knew. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I remember being on a date one time with a girl and all of a sudden had to, the, uh, the company phone started ringing and there was a, a train derailment in downtown Cincinnati and I, it never really turned out to be a big deal but about 9 o'clock on a random night and boom I gotta go to Cincinnati yeah. did you say you wanna come along and watch a train wreck <laughs> well it turned out that relationship was a train wreck <laughs> and uh, yeah um, I, I'll tell you what if, for those that follow Cincinnati News I'll tell you one of the probably the first big story I covered well I can tell you the very first story I covered because I literally went from WRBI on a Friday to WLW on a Monday. You talk about night and day. Wow. Yeah, my very first story at WLW, I was in court. I mean, I'm just coming from Batesville, Indiana, and I didn't, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of more country than I realized. Um, but, anyways, it was a 22 year old, I can remember her name, DeAsia Watkins. She was making her initial court appearance because she got high and beheaded her two children. Oh. Jeez. I was like, okay, yeah, we're not in Batesville anymore. But part of the very first big story that had some national ties to it that I would have covered was the Hopple Street collapse. Whoa. I was about two weeks into that. Yeah. yeah two weeks into the uh, into the job when, when that Hopple Street collapsed. Wow. And I think I was a, uh, one construction worker was killed. I think it happened in the middle of the night or something. I, um, But it, it was neat. There's sometimes at WLW because they're an affiliate of ABC News. So if you ever listen to WLW, you'll, you may hear an ABC reporter on there. But every once in a blue moon, when I was at um, WLW, you would get a phone call from a 212 area code, Manhattan, New York. And that would be ABC News calling me, say, hey, you know, make your story national. Write it for the national audience. We're putting it on across mm-hmm. the country. <clears throat> and that happened a handful of times. And that was great journalism experience. Yeah. You know, to because for those that aren't in journalism, you have to you have to write to your audience and and. One thing that the 812 we're doing a lot of now is student journalists and community journalists that want to get involved and we can't really pay them, but if they have a passion for writing and they want to do like feature type journalism, just good positive stories, we want to help them out. But I have to train them a little bit at times now with uh, learning how to write for the audience. Don't assume everybody knows uh, Stephen Harmeyer. You sometimes you have to explain, you know, local news reporter. You can not everyone knows you know, the, the, anyway, so that was, that's kind of where national news comes in. You have to write it for the national audience, but, um, that was neat. I'll tell you another story. And I, like I said, I hope I'm not going to get myself in trouble, but I'm just reporting the facts. Yeah. I'll tell you one story that I was at when I was at WLW, it brought me to none other than Batesville, Indiana. Really? Yeah, when we had a, uh, when our former mayor had gotten a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, and I know the whole family and it's, it's Great people. No, yeah. uh, Rick's great. Um, yeah. But anyways, I'll never forget that. The newsroom calling me and saying, we need you to go to Batesville. I'm like, yeah. what? Um, but other, other than that, um, I did cover a lot of Cincinnati City Council. I was there every Wednesday uh, for the City Council meeting. And that's, if anyone's interested in civics and... You know, you like going to your local city council. I, I remember when I used to work for the city, I always said we should do this. Take a field trip to a Cincinnati city council meeting. It's nothing like the town of Batesville or Brookville or Versailles. It's like there's 90 agenda items on this thing every week. And they really? fly through it. Like, it's hard to keep track. Well, you know, you mentioned, like, disasters. I, I want to relate one disaster that happened in our lifetime, my wife and I. Uh, and fortunately, the 
no news reporters were at the home of the mother. Uh, this family that we knew, very close friends with, um, did sometimes vacation. They'd come down to our house in Florida and they'd stay a week or two. And and anyway, um, I I went all through high school with one guy, and uh, and we still go to lunches together, but um, elder lunches. And his uh, his wife and my wife were in class together. So anyway. I, my wife was with some of the, her nurse friends from Margaret Mary at the Mexican restaurant in town. And I got a call at home with her friend crying, screaming into the phone. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> she, she wanted to talk to Nancy. I said, well, I need to talk to her, and I won't mention the name, but her daughter just killed two of her kids and herself. Jeez, old Pete's. So something snapped, and we knew we knew the daughter real well, and uh, we went into their house right away, and I mean... Uh, they're still not over. Nobody can no. ever get over no. something like that. But it would actually happen. She she drugged the kids, drew a circle around their heart, shot them each in the heart, and shot herself in the head. Wow. And, and the husband was stopping by the house because they were going to leave next day to go on a vacation so he put some stuff in the freezer and he yelled up so nobody answered so he figured nobody was home they were already dead <clears throat> so yeah and I was I just thank God that they weren't at their house so <clears throat> just awful it's a horrible story and, I... and you know the thing is I was by being an MP I, I mean I can remember picking up body parts at a accident uh, and it, it's something. It was a job, but when something like that happens close to home, I yeah, I, uh, I I've been thinking about that more and more recently. Um, you know, and like I said, I could sit here and ramble off all these news stories and yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day, these are people's lives, and I, I think that's the one thing I've never really cared so much about being in in the Cincinnati market. It's like I said, great opportunities, but you're so desensitized to it. Oh. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. You. You write a story or... It's like the OK Corral. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I mean, you know, you you know, three dead and fatal I-74 crash. You know, what? Some, you know, you, you when you're driving home, and the same would be the anchors and the reporters would be the same way, when you do this every day, probably sim similar for nurses and police officers, right? Um, you know, nurses, who knows how many patients they treat a year. You got to go home and you don't think of every patient when you go home, I'm sure. Like, same with the news. Like, I... I I would imagine most, a lot of anchors that you see on TV, and actually this would be a fun thing to talk about. I talked about this with them, one of the Channel 5 reporters a few times. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of times you go home and you don't even remember it. The 812 is a little bit different for me. I mean, the other times I write stories, like, you know, I forget about it two days later. Uh, but a lot of them, especially when they have that emotional feel-good, mm -hmm. um, and not always just feel-good, but, um, you yeah, know, those are names I never forget. And, uh, 
And so I'm very blessed to do what I do. It's like I said, this is, I, people talk about having a calling to being law enforcement or being, having a calling to be a pastor. I think this is like my calling and yeah. who knows where it'll go. But, um, real quick, one thing that I talked about, um, it was Jeter McGee. She's one of the reporters on channel five, wonderful reporter. And I got thinking about it because Sheree Polo and Mike Dardis are so well known. They're, they're major anchors in mm-hmm. Cincinnati, you know, from four to 7 PM, they're on, you know, from four to 7 PM channel five is on all the news is on and they rotate the anchors. And, right. But Sheree Polo has probably read off a teleprompter, 25,000 news stories. Oh, right. And I've always thought about this. Like they yeah. still go out in, into the community and at, at local restaurants and I've always thought about it, like, like I wonder how, like, they. I wonder if they've ever been approached by somebody that comes up, like, oh, hey, boy. remember me? Remember yeah. the news story you covered on me five years ago? And the, they're not gonna have any clue what they're talking about. Like, I, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more, just in well, news. I have, I have it all the time. Somebody will come up and said, "Remember the bike you sold me back 1983?" I, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the nuts and bolts for me there, but no, I, for anyone that doesn't know the 812, so it's, it's a company that I founded really because of COVID I was working. So I also worked for the city of Batesville for five years and it's, uh, the, the overarching, uh, theme is to cover, don't, we're not so much, we cover everything, uh, 812now.com, but the, we try to find stories that are positive or flipping a tragedy into a positive. Right, and and you're covering Switzerland County, Decatur, kind of all over southern Indiana. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's great because, uh, you know, basically uh, it's radio and television combined. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you get right at it, and it's, uh, uh, it, it's really enjoyable. Like I said before we went on the air, that story about the, uh, the young boy with Down syndromes that, that the mother's been covering since, you know, he was an infant. It, it is just a really neat story. And and uh, the video of the teacher in the classroom and that, just great. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, that, now that's good television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not crap. You, you yeah. can see uh, yeah, nightly. Yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, I would say that's the, that's the bread and butter. If if you're newer to the eight one two, that that's pretty much what we've been doing for a year. Those type of stories since I've came back home, because a year ago what I did was you, I put out one video story a day was the main focus, and once again positive. But we really weren't covering news of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we have this website, you know, it's a that those type of stories, but we're we're covering everything. And um, if you follow us on Facebook, you're only seeing like one fifth of what what right. I cover. Um, Twitter is probably where I post most of it at, but Twitter is a kind of a small audience for anyone around here. It's yeah. not widely used. And, um, no, but it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you like the, the coolest part about doing this, you know, I enjoy the podcast of course, and, uh, putting videos together. It's honestly, it's meeting people. Yeah. I mean, it is Southeast Indiana is such a wonderful place and the connections built, uh, is, is, is second to none. Um, you mentioned Switzerland County, like that's a good ways away from here. Mm-hmm. And so I don't get down there very often, but one thing we did was, um, just recently one of our students, so, um, we have, we have student journalists in several different schools and the goal is to help them with their resume and figure out if they want to do news or not in the future. Um, you know, obviously it helps us cause they're in, inside these schools and they know some of the stories, but 
We have an exceptional Switzerland County student journalist named Caden Smithson. He's actually a published children's author already at 17 years old. But ever since we brought him on, I was on the phone with uh, somebody from Switzerland County the, the other day, and they were talking about, oh, the 812 is a big deal in Switzerland County High School that I would have never dreamt. Yeah. So that's a fun town. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And the thing is, uh, radio and... And most television, you're never going to see stories like this. Mm-mm. And and you've got a neat website. It's very accessible. Uh, good stories. Uh, I, I and and you know what's so about meeting people. See, that's one thing this podcast has done. Like I didn't know you from Adam. Yep. And uh, Paul Ketchum, when I had him <laughs> on. I mean, you, you meet, uh, I, I didn't know Andy Allen, didn't know, and, and, you know, a lot of these people, police police chief, fire chief, you know, I might have said hi to them and that, but you get to know these people, and uh, boy, all of a sudden you, you made a new friend, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's, to me, it's always been about the community, and I, I know that if I, went out further than the community, which I'll probably eventually do, uh, uh, you, you get more listeners. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't live in Cincinnati anymore, and I don't, I don't have a place in Florida. Uh, and I'll do some remote interviews, uh, uh, you know, occasionally, but uh, I, I want to keep it locally. Plus... If it comes to traveling, that's not me anymore. No. I'm, I'm too old for that stuff. Yeah, you're you're actually pro- um, you're providing a wonderful service um, to to the community of Batesville. You know, I mean, Batesville did lose its longtime newspaper a few years ago, oh. which was just a shame. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you're completely filling that gap, but no. to an extent you are, because the 812 is probably at this point we're probably a little too big to be covered every little Batesville story. Right. We want to. I mean, I want I want to cover everything. Um, but sometimes we think like that about, you know, how are we to, you know, what do we need to do? But anyways, yeah, you named some great people off there. Paul Ketchum and Police Chief Stan Holder, some yeah. of the best of the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and Mike Bettis. Yeah. yeah.